Welcome to The Owlish Folk, a podcast that answers questions about the English language. I'm Amanda, and with me is the Dorifor, Dave. What is Dorifor? Oh, you're not going to be very happy when I tell you. It doesn't mean handsome and charming gentleman? No, it does not. Dorifor means a pedantic and annoyingly persistent critic. Oh, no, I am very happy with that. I'll take that any day. Sure. Yeah. It's a funny word. It was introduced in the 1950s by Sir Harold Nicholson, but it comes from the French, literally meaning Colorado beetle. Makes sense, right? Only because the beetle would have been a pest and a person who is a, a persistent and harsh critic of other people is kind of a pest. So now I'm offended. I'm sorry. Are you going to look for another co-host now? <laughs> yeah, you're fired. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is where you actually tell me you need me and you can't carry on without me. Uh, today's question. Are you tearful now? I'm a little sad. No, no. What is today's question? Today's question is, why do we say I was, he was, she was, it was, you were? That is a great question. One more time. We say I was, he was, yes. she was, it was, you were. Why is that? Well, let's get into it, shall we? All right. So let's start with talking about you. That's the okay. most important word in that example that you gave. Yes. So let's go back to the late third century AD. That's the time machine. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Latin has two second personal pronouns. Two, which is T-U, and it represents the idea of one of you, and vos, V-O-S, representing two or more of you. Now, I know that you're itching to say two and vos are related to... French? Yes. Two and vous. The problem is, from the late 3rd century on, the Roman Empire was ruled by multiple emperors at once. So the empire moved from being governed by one great citizen to several men at once. And these Roman orators began to address the emperor in the plural. Why would they do that? Well, the idea was that when multiple emperors ruled, each individual emperor carried the manly essence of the others with them. So a singular individual was a singular manifestation of all of them. And they had the manly essence, I suppose, in a little uh, a little jar in yes, their pocket. They could just right. dip into it when they wanted to. Spritz that it around. Is absolutely disgusting. Um, <laughs> okay. But as you were talking about with vu and you, so the plural represented a mark of honor and all men of importance were addressed as vos. But that evolved into a courteous word like the French vous. Oh, so it started, so with the um, Roman emperors ruling together, they were uh, always called the group name. That's right. Vos, because they were a group. And then it was just applied to them individually. Mm -hmm. And then it was applied to all in, important folks That's individually. Right. That's right. And then when you get to Old English, Old English used thu, which was spelled thorn and then you, and yay, G-E. And then in Middle English, they became thou, which was one person. So thu became thou, and ye became ye, which is two or more people, and then later you and thou. Right, so we had then two forms for, our, in Old English times, we had you and, and thou. That's right. So thou was the subject form, and thee was the object mm -hmm. form, right? Yes. Thee, thou, okay. Thee is still used in Northern English dialects. 
Well, thee and thou. And actually, I have a great example of this from a TV show from about the 1970s through to the 80s and 90s. Um, it's called Last of the Summer Wine. <laughs> and in this clip, you can hear two gentlemen talking, two elderly gentlemen. So th this was recorded in about the early 1980s, this particular quick clip. They were from very different social backgrounds. And you can see how this is reflected in the way they use their second person pronouns. So we have Foggy, who's from a military background. He's very well-spoken, quite posh. And then you've got Compo, who's from a much more humble Yorkshire background. Compo? Okay. Um, so we'll play the clip and then uh, we'll hear the difference between All right, these. let's hear it. No, no, there must be some, some biological reason. No, what is there for? Is so that I can nip it and make funny voices. <laughs> yes, that's it. Biologically, it exists so you can squeeze it and make funny voices. <laughs> ah, to write for thee, please not being strangled. <laughs> Jeans are often a little bit tight at first. So, um, in the first part, they're talking about the function of noses. Noses? Yeah, and uh, Compo says, it's there so thou can nip it to make funny noises. And then Foggy repeats, but he says, oh, that's right, it's there so you can squeeze it to make funny I voices. I see. Um, and in the second part, Compo is wearing very tight trousers, and he says, it's all right for thee, these not being strangled, these not wearing really tight trousers. Well, that's really interesting. So you can definitely hear the class, the difference in class by just the way that they're using these words differently. That's right. And yes, in the show, Compo is the guy who uses these older forms and he mm -hmm. is very much portrayed as the, the humble character yeah. uh, in, those, in, in the show. Would they kind of silently judge one another? Uh, from I, using these words differently? Or would there be like this, would uh, Foggy kind of be a bit snobby about Campo using this pronoun differently? Well, I don't think it was about the language use, right? The language use wasn't really part of what they talked about, but it just is another aspect of their characters. Mm. But they, other characters did look down on Campo a, a mm. little bit. Um, so he is always dressed in a, a kind of a humble way and he speaks in this humble way and he's portrayed as sort of very honest but not very um, maybe sophisticated in mm. his thought. What you're just saying is there's a similarity in the southern U.S. People say y'all or use, you know, it's, but I think that's much more uh, slangy in a sense than, you know. Right, but uh, it also in, in Scottish English you might say use as well. Hmm. Yeah, and y'all, you all, y'all. Yeah. But you don't say, do you, does anybody in England ever say y'all or in the U.K. at all? No, we would do it as a joke. Okay, and the joke we'd make would be, fun of us. Yeah, it's yeah. But you do the same, right? I mean, you you put on faux English accent. I definitely do not. You do? I do not. Okay. When have I ever put on a faux English well, accent? I can't think of a specific time, but I think you that's because it never happened. Okay. I want you to leave that in. This is, this is awkward. <laughs> the reason we say you you were and not you was, and this makes a lot of sense when you think of. Um, the other words that would use were so they were yes he and she were right. you is is still um, constructed as a plural form so because you originally was plural it's kept that plural um the plural mechanics 
of it use. So we still say you were because we, it's still plural in its, uh, mm. in its form. The word you was originally used then as a plural and it was very formal. So if you were from London, for example, if you were lived in London, say four or five hundred years ago, then you would have used you to address other people because you would have met many more strangers, people who you didn't know very well, people you didn't know what sort of social class they were from. And so just to be cautious, you would use you to address other people, to talk Can about Can you give me people. an example? If I bumped into someone in the street, right, I might say, oh, you go first, sir. If I didn't know them, mm. rather than thou goest. On the, on the side of caution, mm. you would say you. And then it would become very strange to hear thee and thou because people wouldn't use it very much at all. It gradually fell out of use in the cities. But in the countryside, like in Yorkshire, the communities were smaller and much more traditional and people spoke in this more intimate way because they knew the people they were speaking to. So it's the same thing in French. When you're talking to somebody you meet on the street or a stranger, you would use the vous. Because two is for more um, intimate usage, people you know. And you don't want to be offensive, so you would use vous. Now, the two equivalent has almost vanished. You almost never find it, except in these very rural areas where older people might speak in this more traditional form. But as they die out, the, that form will die out with them. And I think with as people these days are more connected through media and TV and things, they're not going to hear that form anymore, the, the traditional thee and mm. thou forms. And we'll lose them. So thee and thou then, we mostly, I suppose, come across these older forms these days in written form where they're preserved. So if you read Shakespeare, you find these. And if you read the King James Bible, you find them. But these older forms, thee and thou, they feel now to us very... Um, antiquated. Uh, antiquated and also sort of um, formal. Very yes, formal. very formal. Which actually is the opposite to how they were originally mm. used. They were the informal terms and you was the formal term. And it's totally flipped. But something that's interesting is thinking about why people have misunderstood that. I mean, is it just because it is old and when we think of old things, we think of fancy, more uh, polite way of speaking, but it actually wasn't. And it's interesting that things get flipped. When you think about Shakespeare, you might see a performance, mm -hmm. right? And then, I mean, to start with, you study it mostly in school. Yeah. So it's a formal setting anyway. And if you go to see a performance at the theatre, you hear people deliver the lines in a received pronunciation right mm -hmm. and it, it's done in a very posh sounding voice and so you associate these terms the and thou with posh accent and a very formal yes. kind of um, setting when actually Shakespeare was just trying to write how people spoke mm -hmm. and so the and thou wouldn't have had that same feeling in the original performances they would have seemed humble right and something interesting about Shakespeare is that characters will switch from one pronoun form to another when addressing each other in a conversation if there's changes in class or in a relationship. So an example I have is from Much Ado About Nothing, and this is when Benedict shifts from an intimate declaration of love to a more formal tone when he asks Beatrice a serious question. Terry, good Beatrice, by this hand I love thee. Use it for my love some other way than swearing by it. Think you in your soul the Count Claudio hath wronged Hero? So in that example, Benedict starts by saying to Beatrice, he uses the word thee. And then he switches to you and your. So you see this very intimate tone. It shows that they have a familiar relationship. 
and then he switches to a more formal one because he's talking about something serious. And that's how we understand the history of language and writing hmm. because when we study written language, that's the way the people used to speak. Yeah, and I think this is a thing to remember, the received pronunciation, the way we uh, are used to hearing a language now or the way it's performed in, in the theatre doesn't match how it was supposed to yeah. be performed. And I think David Crystal and yes. Ben Crystal, mm -hmm. they, they do courses on this, right? How to perform Shakespeare with authentic accents. Yeah. It sounds so different. Yeah, they have a lot of great videos. <laughs> about a connected idea and I think this is uh, also worth talking about we so you was plural and we was used to refer to a group of people uh, it meant we all as a group of uh, any more than two but there was a special word to mean just two people just the two of us do 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 anyway uh, was wit <laughs> wit wit and then the object form was as both unk. So we was used to mean we all, a group of more than two people. And then for only two people, there was the word wit and the word unk for us. Unk was for the two of us. And uh, then there was ur, which was ours or our. And unka meant belonging to the two of us. So ur was ours belonging to a group and unka was belonging to just the two of us. And then we've lost these, these words. So all the words relating to just the two people mm. were just lost and we, would, we started using the group words us and our and we oh. rather than the, the, the pair words. That's all right. Yes. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about the royal we? Uh, can you give an example? Sure. So Queen Victoria had a very famous quote using the royal we. We are not amused. And your girl Maggie Thatcher, when her first grandchild was born, she said, we have become a grandmother. That sounds really strange and really um, it's kind of snobby. Uh, a little bit like we spoke about uh, last yeah, episode, right? a couple of episodes yeah. ago, the snob plurals. Right. Using a plural form to imply greater importance. But we are not amused doesn't really sound that bad as... We have become a grandmother. No, that sounds way yeah, more awkward. Yeah, it sounds really strange. Very awkward and very pretentious. But we is also used by politicians in a really ambiguous way. Like, we need change in this country. But who's we? What do you mean we? You know, it's you mm. that's being elected. You're the one going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make the change in this country. This is what you were I. talking about before, right? Yeah. Where we seems to be more inclusive, mm -hmm. but I seems more natural. Like if you're going to make a change, you yes, say, I will do something right. rather yeah. than we need to do something, which almost puts the responsibility on everybody yeah. else. Thanks for listening to us today. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yes, yeah, see you later. Thanks to Justin for the music, New Media for the artwork, and a big high five to Jeff at Central Sound and Picture. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends and subscribe. You can contact us on Facebook and Twitter at The Owlish Folk. Send us questions or comments to theowlishfolk at gmail.com. So when my mother is talking to my husband and me on the phone,
she'll say you people really and for some that reason is rude. i just i'm like oh man like wow i know okay. that she doesn't mean to be offensive but but you people it's uh yeah that is kind of rude oh no she's gonna be upset when she hears that yeah yeah well she should be <laughs> be nice to amanda and justin 